0: 13th, 2020 Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast Surreal out there Right now, isn't it? Uh, kind of feels like a movie Lots of uh, Things, events Cancelled here in The state of California Any events, over 250 People cancelled So we're talking like oh, basically all sporting events uh, Some of the, the racetracks are going to run Without spectators we'll we'll see how long that can continue to go hopefully everything goes well with that because there's just going to be nothing really happening for a while as we try to get a grip on the coronavirus um you know I'm not going to pretend like I know a whole lot about this it's just what we hear what we see I think it's a fluid situation and I'm not going to spend a whole ton of time on it because you're seeing it all over the place I'm sure news and every everywhere and we briefly touch on just how crazy the last week or so has been with both of our guests that are on the show today. First we will have Craig Milkowski and we talk about the Rebel Stakes slated for Saturday at Oaklawn Park Kentucky Derby points on the line And a big card there and we uh, briefly talk about a couple of the undercard races and then we bring on Caleb Keller from TVG and Caleb comes on and we talk a little bit about Turfway Park and the Jeff Ruby and uh, he gives us a, a another horse to look at on the undercard also. So, wish we were talking about uh, college basketball with Caleb. And if we were talking about college basketball, Dan would have been on also. But this will be a uh, really just a basically a ho- horse racing centric show because there's uh, there's not a whole lot else going on. So we'll keep uh, you know an eye on everything. But I'm I'm imagining a lot of these sports are going to be shut down for at the very least. You know they said uh, a couple weeks. Unfortunately. The NCAA tournament had to cancel, which big time bummer. Two my two favorite days of the year were the that Thursday and Friday when there are you know sixteen games all day long. Just absolutely loved it, B- filling out the brackets and playing some games. And uh, there was always a fantasy draft I played in with the, some some players. So yeah, just you know a bummer, but uh hopefully everything is for the best. For being cautious. Out there. So let's uh, let's not spend too much more time on that. We're going to talk about those two racetracks, and then I'm going to get to at the end of the show. We'll do some Sam Houston. We'll go through the Friday card and the Saturday card for Sam Houston. So you'll get a little Oakland, you'll get a little Turfway, you'll get some Sam Houston at the end. Kick back and enjoy uh, this episode of That's What G Said and these couple interviews that we have for you. So first up, it'll be from Timeform US. Craig Milkowski. Horse racing fans and betters of all kinds We are very excited to be covering the races From Sam Houston Race Park here on That's What G Said on each and every episode They're broadcasting in HD They have bigger purses, turf racing over there But for me, the key is that 12% low takeout On their multi-leg wagers Doubles, pick threes, pick fours, pick fives They are building a great program over there It truly is major league racing We have to give a big applause To the TTA, the Texas Thoroughbred Association They've added new incentives And bonus programs for buying and selling horses So it's better for the customers And it's better for the horsemen in Texas Their social media presence Has been bumped up You can follow them at SHRP Racing on Twitter And you're going to find morning training videos The Monday Minute Jockey interviews Or if you're not on Twitter You can find all the information at SHRP.com They're just working so hard To treat their horsemen and women And the betters right So let's give them a little bit of our focus A couple big days coming up February the 22nd is Texas Preview Day And the big day, March the 21st That is Texas Champions Day We'll be covering all of that action here On That's What G Said With all sorts of different interviews Focusing in on Sam Houston Make sure when you go to play the races Give Sam Houston a look With that ultra low 12% takeout In the multi-leg wagers Just a, a bizarre week in in the world of horse racing and sports Just, a, just in the world in, in general with everything going on You're probably going to hear the uh, the rain pouring down in the background uh, For me as I'm recording from here in, in California where it's pouring and Which means it's doomsday over here on top of everything else We bring in one of our, our, our good friends before we get into talk horse racing We'll just kind of talk a little bit about what a uh, as I said when we were just kind of talking before we started, and we bring in uh, Craig Milkowski from Timeform US. Just a weird week, huh, Craig? Like Monday in the world of racing, we wake up and there's um uh, you know 27 people that have been indicted and arrested, and and all these crazy stories and accusations. Uh, Accusations and 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 all this stuff, and then you know the the virus stuff. I mean, I've never seen anything like this where basically every sport has shut down. I'm 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 honestly surprised that at the time we're recording this, which is you know three o'clock ish Eastern time, that they were still planning on running the races this weekend and the tracks are still open.
1: Yeah, I'm a little surprised. I've heard some announcements that races will be run without fans, and Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to pretend to be an expert and know enough about the virus that that. I know if it's a good decision or not, because I don't, I know personally, I usually go to Oakland, especially Rebel Weekend, Uh, due 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 to a few other things, I'm not able to go this year. But even if I was, there's no way I would go this week with, you know, probably at least 50,000, 60,000 people there and fairly cramped quarters. Uh, it's just not for me. I don't see the point in taking the risks. But that said, horse racing is going to go on, and, and I'm sure I'll watch racing from yeah. home. I'll, I'll play some bets because what else is there? Exactly. Most, yeah, most horse racing fans, uh, probably not all, but I would say most are sports fans of at least some sports and probably a lot and there's just going to be nothing else to watch so it's either going to be tune in the horse racing or or, a or Netflix, watch a right? lot of Netflix and Amazon <laughs> prime
0: <laughs> exactly and you know what i mean i'm th- this is like a crazy generally like big big time in the world of sports right like right at this time when you literally have Like the basketball season's just starting to pick up For the home stretch, and then it's obviously March Madness, the focus with the college basketball All the tournaments, I mean, next Thursday and Friday Are like my two favorite days of the year And I'm not even, like, what you would call An avid, everyday college basketball fan You know, it's 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 probably a little lower You know, fourth or fifth, probably down on my List of, of like, sports that I'm the most in tune With, but those two days are awesome And now, most likely gone Uh, Hockey's, you know, rounding up Uh, Baseball's just getting started, and then We got these derby preps, so, uh, you know, I I'm I'm not one that wants to see any of these things get canceled and uh, and and be be missing. But you know, I guess we we're just, we we're gonna trust what the experts say. It's just when they when they canceled the NBA game last night and the stuff happened with Rudy Gobert. And I think I saw your wife had mentioned that you guys were were thinking about going to the game initially, right?
1: Well, yeah, we're season ticket holders. Yeah. Uh you know, as I, I've mentioned a little bit on Twitter, my daughter had just gotten out of the hospital, so there there was no way we were going. Uh, personally, just. Between the coronavirus and uh, circumstances of a personal nature, we weren't going to go. But it, it's we were watching on television, of course. As you know, I'm a diehard fan, and you could tell something was up right in the beginning. Uh, they they had a meeting, which never happens. I mean, I've been to I couldn't even tell you how many NBA games in my life, probably going on a thousand at this point. Yeah, and there was just I had never seen anything like it. And then the players were walking off. Uh, you know, waving to the fans, and you pretty much knew it was over, even though it took another 20 minutes to announce what was going on. But just pretty crazy stuff here. I mean, there's reports out now that Donovan Mitchell also tested positive. Uh, He was at a high school yesterday practicing and working out. So, you know, just who knows what's going to become of this thing. I'm just going to do my best to stay safe and keep my family safe. Uh,
0: You know, I I don't...
1: Out of middle ground wanted. here, right? right? Like, right. Yeah. We, I don't, don't want, want
0: to be hysteric. To... Like I don't want to be doing everything, but I don't. I'm. I'm not kind of being arrogant with this either. You know, I'm. I'm right in the middle. Like I'm trying to. Uh, to yesterday, before yesterday, I hadn't really. And and then the way that things. And we're talking. You know, like I said, we're recording this Thursday, like middle of the day. So this, like, the way things escalated on Wednesday was what started to scare me because, like, when these big billion dollar, you know. Companies and industries and organizations Are basically saying, hey, we're going to shut down Like, that's when I'm starting to take notice
1: Yeah, I mean, the implications For just the NBA, which I know We both are very Mm -hmm. familiar with Mm -hmm. And probably our favorite sport I mean, this is going to have implications that are going to be huge. They're, they're already losing a lot of revenue because of the uh, controversy with China earlier in the year. And now, basically, uh, because of this coronavirus, revenue, I assume, is going to—they're definitely going to lose some revenue. Yeah. I assume they're going to try to finish the season. Who knows how that's going to be. But, you know, it's not going to have an impact just now, but also in the future with things like the salary cap. And they'll probably have to rewrite some rules or re- rework some things but it's gonna change the landscape of sports for a while.
0: Let's just hope because you mentioned this could be a really good if if things I just I have a tough time being completely positive and optimistic but if this could be like a really good weekend for horse racing or a really good few days or however long if if they're gonna be one of the only things operating and it, and it's able to work but what makes me nervous is just, there's not a whole lot of room for error for like another negative to happen. so if if at one of these tracks, like the, it starts to pop up and then it goes from track to track or something and it, when everybody else is shut down, that would be not a very, that wouldn't look very good for public perception after some of the scandals that have just been happening.
1: Yeah, I I think the thing is uh, the tracks are being smart, the ones that I've seen, and I'm sure many will follow in limiting people because, frankly, we don't need people at the tracks to conduct horse racing, not in large numbers. Of course, you need people to work with the horses. You need riders. But, you know, I imagine they're going to take all possible precautions and you can enjoy the sport from your living room and and bet on the sport. So I'm just going to trust and follow whatever the the leadership of our country and our states and uh, even horse racing says and go from there. But like I said, I wouldn't go to a track personally because I just think it's not worth the risk as much as I love sports. Uh, it's not worth it for me. I'm sure other. I'm sure the rebel will be packed. I don't think we'll get the usual sixty thousand that you get. I imagine there'll be some concern and be less, but I have no doubt there'll be a big crowd there unless something changes between now and Saturday. But. Uh, just going to be interesting times. And even looking to the future, you have to wonder how it's going to affect things like the Triple Crown and and even into the summer. Uh, it's hard to imagine them run a, running a Kentucky Derby with no fans, but it's also hard to imagine a, 120,000 people coming together. So let's shift in
0: and start focusing in on the horses. Before we get to the Rebel this weekend, overall big picture, three-year-olds, we had a, a couple prep races last weekend. What so far with what you've seen? Um, is there anyone or like maybe give us a one or two that you're you're super high on? You're you're very interested in their next race. Maybe they're on your short list. Has anybody kind of jumped out or maybe stamped themselves above and beyond
1: for you? Uh. I would say if there was a leader of the division for me, it would probably be "Tis the Law." Uh, we tend to be a, a what you know what happened latest kind mm-hmm. of society, and he hasn't run in a little while, so he's kind of dropped off the the radar a little bit. Not that people have forgot about him, but yeah. until he runs again, he's not going to be the hot topic. But his race last out was the one I'm probably still most impressed with. Uh, the horse he beat that day came back to romp his next time out. And uh, it just, you know, it looks like it was a pretty strong field. And it wasn't just, you know, I'm a speed figure guy. He ran a very good number that day. I think he got a 118 time form U.S. speed figure. Uh which which is right up there i think we've seen a couple maybe 120 but you know his was was a few weeks ago it could be quicker now but it wasn't just the number it was the way he did it he looked super professional to me uh he he did it in traffic uh and i just like the way he ran Uh, there's some others out there bob baffert has a whole slew of horses we're going to see Nadal. We just saw uh, authentic this past week. Mm-hmm. And even charlatan is running right after the rebel, the horse that popped a huge speed figure in his maiden win. Uh, so he's running Saturday. And I imagine that if he performs as expected, it will be on to the Santa Anita Derby or, or one of the other big preps. So for me, it would be tis the law. And, and I guess I'll just make a coupled entry of the Baffert contingent.
0: Yeah. It- I have no real knocks on, on Tisla And I, I'm kind of with you I think of all the horses that I've seen so far I'm the most interested in one of the ones We're going to be looking and talking about today And that's Nadal And I think this is going to be a really good test for him As we shift into and focus on the Rebel So we're going to be looking at race number 10 At Oaklawn Park on Saturday um, Rebel Milan is 16th Up to a million dollar purse And uh, Nadal I guess you, you have to start the conversation with him He draws the inside I, you know, I heard some mixed, mixed thoughts on his uh, San Vicente win. I thought it was pretty good, and I thought it was, you know, I think the horse that he beat, Ginobili, is actually a, a pretty decent sprinting type. He's not one that you'll probably, you know, find going on, on Derby preps, but going shorter that wasn't easy. He was kind of in between. He was asked, he was challenged. I, I, I didn't mind the race a little bit. So we'll start with Nadal. Where do you stand on him? I feel like win or lose. With a horse like no parole, he's probably going to be tested at least early
1: uh, yeah, I think Nadal is clearly the horse to beat. The 5-2 to two morning line on him is a pipe dream. I, I'll be shocked if yeah. he's not odds-on in this field. Uh, he ran a 120 time-form U.S. speed figure in that San Vicente, but I don't think there's any problem. He's not going to have any problem with two turns, in my opinion. Just watching him run, watch, seeing how he's bred. Uh, as you said, G- uh, Ginobili is, I think, a really good sprinter. He was yeah. the horse that... Broke his maiden first out with a big number, and then he kind of got rushed. He came back in two weeks in the Del Mar Futurity. Then they rushed him back on turf for some reason. But once he took time to regroup, he kind of ran back to that maiden race. So I think he beat a really good horse that, that day. And for me, Nadal is clearly the horse to beat. Uh, if you could get fixed odds and anybody was foolish enough to offer 5-2, to two, I'd be all over it.
0: So let's go from the inside outside then uh, next to him a horse that comes in kind of looks like a real long shot on paper he had run in uh, the fairgrounds races the Lacomp and then one of the divisions of the risen star but uh, didn't show a whole lot um do you have any you know case to build for accession in here
1: I don't uh, I was not a fan of those races in Louisiana yeah, they they all came back pretty slow Uh, And just just not a fan. And he would have to have, have to make a massive leap in here. And it's just something I haven't seen that nothing I've seen would indicate that's forthcoming.
0: Next up is Basin who was, you know, very impressive as a 2-year-old in sprinting. So this is going to be his first time going past 7 furlongs and he hasn't raced since September of 2019, but the last time we saw him race, the last two times we saw him race, he was very impressive. I mean, he didn't even in his career debut, he was barely defeated. It's not like this horse has done anything wrong, but he's going to have to take a step forward in here to improve with the likes of, you know, Nadal Silver Prospector who earned a good number um for his win last time out you know to me he feels like a pretty talented horse that will probably need this race for his best and and will probably be a little bit better next time out the only problem is nowadays you know with the way the point system is you don't have a whole ton of time to try to get some of those points so you can't really throw in a complete clunker in here if you're basing
1: yeah, I think we're in the same boat on on this horse. I, I think he's a very talented horse, but I don't think this is the spot for him. Uh, Steve Asmussen who trains him is not as good as he is at everything. He he doesn't really bring horses back really cranked up off a lay off of this length before uh that's not really his mo i think he probably would be pointing more towards the arkansas derby and the thing with the point system is if you are going to run well the time to do it is at the end because it only takes one good race in that last round of prep races so it wouldn't completely shock me if this horse ran great but he's one from a betting standpoint i'm going to be against just on the the trainer move that that me not that great off of layoffs not because he couldn't be if he wanted to it's just not his MO. And I just think that it's been a good six months and it's a really tough spot to come back. And it's not a place where I want to take what will he'll probably be the second choice.
0: And then right next to him is the third in a row of the Steve Asmussen horses, Silver Prospector. Who, you know, I remember just kind of following along, and I think you were tweeting too, we were talking about. It. He just he got such a great trip. The the way that's funny, just looking at the difference in the way the racetracks were playing in two days, the tr- the kind of trip that he got in the way the race was shaping up between the Smarty Jones and the Southwest. It was like night and day, and he just really looked like a winner all the way around the racetrack in his last start.
1: He did. Uh, he's a bit of a tougher call for me. Uh, two starts back, and I think it was the uh, Smarty Jones. I always get that in the Southwest mixed up, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was the it was the Smarty Jones. He had just a nightmare of a trip. Uh, it was a race. Me and my my podcast partner David Aragona talked about quite a bit, and we actually both love Silver Prospector in here. Uh, in the Southwest, but then when the Southwest came, it kind of went a 180. Where he absolutely got a dream, perfect run up the inside. I uh, saved all the ground. His uh, rider made all the right moves, but he did run a fast race that day. So I don't want to knock him too much, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, good horses make good trips, and he actually did show a nice burst of speed to secure that inside position without getting shuffled back too far so i would say personally i'm more positive on him that i am negative i'm not going to knock him a whole lot for getting a perfect trip last time because in part he earned it and mm-hmm. in the end he did run pretty fast he got a 118 on my time form u.s speed figures which is only a couple lengths are uh, a couple points below nadal and i think he's really the main competition
0: yeah, he's kind of handy, he seems like he can adapt to a uh, multiple trips um, And just kind of moving forward, what's nice with him too Is that he's been okay on an off racetrack, he's been okay at Churchill Downs The one, I, I, yeah, and I'm with you, I don't really have any knocks on him as a horse I just don't know, looking back, how strong the race was You know The southwest in particular Smarty Jones Looking back and then the southwest looking back To answer in took a lot of money that Day we'll see how Wells Bayou comes back uh, Out of that one next time out but um, I I do think he's he he makes The most sense in here to me if you're Looking to try to beat Nadal because I I Think we both feel like Basin will probably Just be a little bit short and maybe not at his best To quite compete with horses who have a little more Foundation so far at this point of the year uh, and then, and then we move to No Parole, who's you know total wild card in a race like this. He's not been tested at all. He's been very, very quick. He's been you know super, super impressive. But those that all the the three wins have been against Louisiana Breds He just stretched out to a mile for the first time, and it was just the mile at Delta, which isn't really like a true mile. It's a very short stretch at a bull ring. Um, but there's no doubt in in the fact that he has talent. It's just this is a lot to ask. And, you know, having to deal with a horse like Nadal from the inside, who's naturally really, really quick, it's not going to be easy for this horse.
1: No, this is a horse I, I'm not going to use at all, personally. Uh, he, as you said, he's been beaten up on much less competition. Uh, he's been running uh, over shorter distances, or, or as you mentioned, that Delta, which is a bit of a bullring. And he just hasn't run particularly fast. Uh, he did win easy his first couple times out, but he's only run as much as a 104 Speed figure on his best effort He only ran a 97 last time out that first time Uh, It is a two turn race at Delta But it's a short stretch as you mentioned And you know you got to take a stand against somebody But I have a hard time seeing this horse Being a true contender in here Um, I
0: I guess one who you could You know call a contender uh, Three technique He was favored in the Smarty Jones He hasn't really done a whole lot wrong in his career He's never been out of the exacta. He kind of had a slowish start and he was pushed, uh, you know, three deep going into the turn. He he sat pretty well. He loomed up, and he was a pretty clear cut second in that race. And and you know, we talked about it was Gold Street was the winner who went gate to wire, and it was a a tough racetrack to pass on that day. Where do you stand with three technique?
1: Uh, I'm really lukewarm on him. Uh, he's had kind of a big reputation, ever, especially since his yeah he uh, takes, a ton, race. Money, right? yeah, he takes a ton of money, right? Yeah, a ton of money. He had a lot of trouble. His second start at Saratoga came back. He had a real nice win for Jeremiah Englehart. Uh, it, it was a race that visually looked good, but it didn't come back particularly quick. Uh, I think he wound up scratching out of one of the stakes races with an issue. Uh, he showed up in an allowance race at Aqueduct and he won easy, but it, it was against, frankly, a terrible field. He didn't get much of a speed figure that day. He didn't even get triple digits. And for me, I, I'm just not going to take a short price on a horse who has never run particularly quick and almost always gets bet. So three techniques is not the horse for me. Uh, I, I just don't like him. I've never understood the reputation. I, I think people put a little too much into his trips.
0: And then uh, the outside to Coach Bay. Who comes in from fairgrounds Won uh, a maiden special weight In a race that was taken off the grass Last time out Um, I mean two of the three races have been okay Both of the races that were on the main track Does this horse have a, a chance To compete with this group
1: No I don't see it I mean yeah You never know with three-year-olds. Every now and then you'll get one like we saw King Guillermo, though. I mean, even he had shown a lot more talent than this one. I exploded at Tampa and ran a big race. So I'm never totally caught by surprise, but but this one would probably be one that totally caught me by surprise because he just seems to be about five leagues uh, above his level.
0: Yeah, I mean... I could see people using him in the bottom of some exotics if, if like, cause maybe his running style might fit okay in this race if a couple of them go a little too quick early on. But I just can't see him being able to kind of get the kind of trip that he would need to, to beat this group. Uh, and, and then to the outside, American Ethereum for Papa Padromo. You know, his, we haven't seen him since September. And his, his two races as a two-year-old were pretty darn good uh, Even, you know, the, the, when he was second against grade one company Behind eight rings, who hasn't really come back since We're kind of looking around and see where he's going to show up in, in, in a prep race, he's been training he, he wasn't bad, he took a big shot at him um, But we haven't seen him since September He's had some issues here and there I mean, his figures, his numbers aren't bad But this is going to be a lot to ask, I feel like Not having raced since September And now stepping up as a three-year-old first time
1: it is. No, he, I mean, he ran okay the first few times out, though. I mean, I do have to question that, uh, the maiden win that kind of got him his, uh, reputation mm-hmm. as a good horse. Uh, the horse who, who he beat last, uh, in that race, Hydrogen, the last I looked, I think that horse is actually running in, uh, I think I saw him at Mahoning Valley recently, believe it or not, where he yep. just won an allowance racer he something. He broke like his maiden that, so. for
0: tr- a Turfway for 30,000. And uh, and then he just won at Mahoning Valley on March the 10th. Look at that. Nice poll, Craig.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of a, you know, I, I don't know if his reputation early on was exactly deserved. Uh, it's easy to to get hyped up on two-year-olds that look good winning. And he kind of, I mean, let's be honest, he beat the uh, the eclipse winning juvenile and stormed the, yeah. the second time out one second. So he's clearly got some talent, but as you say, it's a big step, uh, step up for him. Maybe I throw him in pick threes or pick fours. If he winds up drifting up to, you know, 15 or 20 to one, but it's kind of hard to see that happening with some of the other long shots in here. and, and the, Past performance lines that he has, he's probably just not going to drift that much. So, for me in this race, it, it's going to come down to Nadal and Silver Prospector. Not, not anything too earth shattering. It, it's not anything that's going to get you rich, but I really think they're the two to beat in there. So, going
0: to overall thoughts on the race.
1: No, I mean, from a pace perspective, it, it'll be interesting to see how Nadal adapts. Whether you like no parole or you don't, I, I think it's pretty obvious what his strategy is going to be. He's going to try to gun to the front and take the lead. And it would probably be in Nadal's uh, best interest for Joel Rosario not to engage him in a, a speed duel if that one's hell bent on getting the lead. But he might be able to to shift outside a little bit and just sit off of that one. And I think he, he's got the good Kind of tactical speed that he can make his Own trip and the same goes for silver Prospector we saw that last time And I just think the others have a lot More questions than those two do
0: Okay let's go to a couple of the uh, Earlier races on the card there are uh, Some decent undercard Stakes races let's just go backwards Then from race number 10 to race Number 9 you know this is Zeri Field it's a field of seven five of These last raced at Sam Houston But they're all Pretty solid um, for, for, you know, for the division You're getting some of the best um, that are out there right now You know, Midnight Bisou, uh, you mentioned, and maybe you know one or two others But I, I thought this was a pretty decent group Serengeti Empress, I, I guess on paper, again, looks to me like She's going to be tough to catch But she looked like that on paper at Sam Houston And she wasn't able to seal the deal and get the job done She hasn't won in a while, but she's She's run pretty well a couple times, and, when, and she's battled, but she maybe has some speed with all Emma to deal with. How do you see this race shaping up?
1: I personally think this race is a little bit easier than the Sam Houston race from a pace perspective. I, I don't remember the name of the sprinter she had to deal with that day, but there was a quicker horse than than all Emma. Uh, I mean, all Emma's okay, but she is more of a router with speed where last time she faced a true sprinter. Uh, she did have to go pretty quick quick up front on our pace figures, she had a 137 half mile it wasn't quick enough where we code them in red if we think the pace was extremely fast I wasn't enough for that but I see her rebounding in here because I I just think she has so much of a tactical edge over the rest of this group that as long as she doesn't get too uh, involved with all Emma early she should have things all her own way
0: yeah she really does look on paper like you know she should and she should be a little better with that race under her belt last time out. So there's plenty. I mean, she's going to be really tough to run down in here. A couple other just to mention because they've actually been you know just really nice fillies uh, for the most part. Both the 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 one Street Band and the four Lady Apple. Who I mean when you look at Lady Apple, you know since coming back in 2019 when she broke her maiden. She's just done so little wrong, you know, she just didn't want to go a mile and a quarter in the slop and if you just put a line through that, you just you have a string of really nice races. She always shows up and you know street band on the inside and and Soby Doyle does such a great job with this one. She really fits her very well. She was like wide all the way around and she ran pretty well. Just a couple nice fillies uh, I wanted to give a mention to because they're they're kind of nice ones to own. They show up, they give a good account of themselves and if they get the right kind of trip, they can win top level races.
1: Oh, there's no doubt. This is a really strong race. This this could easily be a grade one race. I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of these are pointing to the apple blossom, which comes up later in the meet. But Street Bam won that cotillion last year at Parks. Uh, she did it. She got an extreme pace that day. It was a race that Seren- Serengeti Empress was in and battling on the lead. And she was able to beat her that day. Uh, i have no knocks on her whatsoever the only problem is there's just absolutely no pace in here other than serengeti empress uh and she has proven to run her best races that she does need some kind of setup Uh, lady apple is a personal favorite of mine i've seen her in person a few times i saw her win the remington oaks here i saw her win the fantasy at oakland park last year uh so you know, she's just a really solid horse for Steve Asmussen. Uh, I would caution; she got an absolute dream trip last right time. Through. She kind of <laughs> squeezed up through yep. uh, on the rail, and, and when it didn't look like there was any room. And uh, don't get me wrong; that that takes a game horse because a lot of horses don't want to go up into a tight spot that game and uh, into a spot that tight. But, you know, she's a filly who's proven game. Uh, she likes to win it, and she does have one thing that Street Band span doesn't have, and that's good tactical speed. So if I had to pick one to upset Serengeti Empress, it, it would be her over Street Band.
0: And and then in race number eight, we have the Essex Handicap. And, you know, there's some, a couple familiar names in here. Bravazo, um, Laughing Fox, who were in some uh, some big races over the last couple years. From uh, a betting standpoint, is there anyone in this race that you like, or is this a race where you you feel it'll be a little formful?
1: No, this is one uh, I'm going to use a few horses in here. I think you have to start with Pioneer Spirit, because this is one where our pace projector is just screaming to you Mm
2: -hmm. that
1: he's going to be alone on the lead. There there are some good horses in here, but there is not a whole lot of speed in the race. Uh, He got caught chasing Warriors Charge last time. as jockey kind of conceded the lead the pace wound up being moderate at best. So he he got out run late and even passed by by a couple others, but I think he has a real tactical advantage in here. Bankett, who is I think the five to two morning line favorite, he's a horse I'm a bit against in here. He just never seems to get the job done, especially in these two turn races. I think he's a horse who'd probably be better served by a one turn mile or seven furlongs. And he's another, even though he almost got the job done against Warriors Charge, he's facing the same situation where there's just not a lot of pace to run into. Uh, The one horse that I really like at a price is the inside horse, Guess Sweet. Uh, He's 30 to 1 on the morning line. I I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's a bit of a pipe dream. But he's a horse who has run some really good races, particularly on dirt. Uh, He was in that same race with a lot of these last time, and he was just caught wide. Like I said, there was no pace. He didn't do a whole lot of running in the lane, but... At that kind of price, I'm willing to put a line through that one, and I think he can revert back to his better races. I'm certainly going to have a few bucks on him.
0: So that is race number eight, the Essex Handicap. Uh, Craig, thank you very much. Appreciate it. So let the folks out there know um, you have the the PaceCast that comes out twice a week, right?
1: Yeah. Tuesday, yeah Tuesdays yeah, and Fridays. Uh, Yeah, Tuesday we do, we call it the PaceCast, where we review. This is me and David Aragona, my uh, co-worker at Timeform US and also the morning line maker for uh, Naira. We review all the big races from the weekend before on Tuesdays, and then on Fridays we kind of look ahead to the races coming up and give our opinions on those. We usually take... 45 minutes to an hour just kind of depends on the workload and the schedule for that previous week and upcoming week. But we try to keep it not too long. So we're not boring you guys to death, but try to give some insights. And uh, we didn't delve too much into the Monday scandal. If you get a chance, give a listen to our Tuesday PaceCast from last week where we uh, we talk about it quite a bit. We, we weren't afraid to tackle the hot topic of the day. And, uh, you know, hopefully some, some people will take the time to listen to that.
0: Oh, it's all it's part of my weekly, uh, my weekly listen. Subscribe, and I'm always checking it out because it's great. It's great handicap. I like, you know. It's great handicapping like immediately It's just something you like you, you go right away You recap the races and you can kind of make some notes So that way you have these horses put in your stable mail Or you know you're waiting for some of these horses To run back coming off their troubled trips Or where they're going to go or horses to play against Or either way it's great stuff And we had David on uh, I, I guess a week or two Two ago when we uh, for the uh, For the Gotham and and he did a great job too So uh, a couple great listens And then where can we follow you on uh, on social media
1: on social media, I'm just on Twitter at TimeformUSFigs, uh, just our, our company name, TimeformUS, and F-I-G-S, since I do all the Peace and Speed figures.
0: Well, I, I hope that in a few days we'll at least have a little more clarity with uh, with everything going on out there, because... Man it was uh, it's been a great year for your Oklahoma City Thunder a year that you probably weren't expecting, which is always the best when you don't have these high expectations coming into a year and they play hard and they overachieve and they just continue to move up the playoff rankings. like I, I was hoping they'd match up with the Clippers and be able to get feisty with them you know because there's some bad blood with the two of them. so I hope we have some basketball to talk about sooner than later.
1: Yeah, I do too. It, it was re- It's really been a fun season in OKC. Uh, we've been po- poised to take the four seed last night before the game got canceled. A uh, a win over Utah would have done that. But I, I have to be honest, I know you're a huge sports guy. I was always uh, not the biggest Chris Paul fan, but man, what a professional that guy's been here. And I, I've just totally turned, not, not just because he's, I guess just because I get to see him and you know, I didn't get to see what a professional he was. Every night, all the well the time, day like in, day out. Here.
0: Yeah. Every night, every play, that kind of thing. He just and it and it becomes it's contagious. It, it, what it is and that's kind of what I've noticed Too it's funny because I, I, I kind of Felt similar with, with LeBron like I didn't really love him a lot early On in his career when he was king this and king that And then once he started to win it was hard not To respect him and then a little bit more now It's just like you watch the the Games when you kind of can see Everybody take the cue from them And how they're able to lead with their Effort on defense or diving for like A loose ball and when you see someone who's been in the League for that long and who has their Stature do that the rest of the team looks in and goes, oh, we have to do that now too. Right.
1: Yeah. And they're just, they're both just such smart guys. I mean, yep. they're just incredibly smart. I'm sure they're smart off the court. You you can't be one and not the other, but mm-hmm. they make all the right decisions on the basketball court. Uh, they always find the open guy or they, they take the right shot. Uh, you know, I was a huge Russell Westbrook fan and still yep. am, but it's just such night and day watching the difference between those guys. Uh, You know, the last couple of years, the Thunder were decent. They didn't go anywhere in the playoffs. But I've even said to my wife, Elsie, a few times, you know, this team just isn't any fun to watch. Well, even the Thunder started out a little slow. They lost a lot of games in the beginning of the year. But even watching, I was like, man, this team is so much more fun to watch. They play such a better level of basketball and team basketball that I'm really enjoying it. So I hope we do get to see basketball and, and everything else we like to watch. I saw even tennis has suspended play for a while now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's just not going to be a whole lot other than horse racing. So get out those daily racing forms or your time form, USPPs. And, and for the next six weeks, there's probably not going to be a whole lot else to do.
0: Well, though, yeah, we'll, we'll have plenty to talk about, uh, at least in the world of, of horse racing, as long as they keep running. So Craig, thank you so much. Always look forward to it. And, uh, we'll uh, touch base with you again and, and have you back on in a few weeks to talk as uh, these races and we get a little closer to the Derby.
1: All right. Sounds good, Gino. Anytime.
0: Thanks, Craig. Craig Milkowski, we will take a quick break and then we'll be right back here on That's What G Said. Just wanted to remind you about one of the sponsors Of That's What G Said Podcast Sarah Candle Company Visit SarahCandles.com C-E-R-A-Candles.com Use the promo code G-I-N-O For 10% off of your entire purchase These are all natural soy wax candle Candles they burn longer They are better for you than the candles out there That have that traditional paraffin wax I know the people from this company Personally I've grown up with them my whole life They love candles and the goal was to, To have an affordable candle That everyone can Enjoy Use that promo code G-I-N-O My favorite is Fresh Roses The Fresh Roses scent is awesome If you're a horse racing fan They got Del Mar in there You ever want to know what Del Mar smells like But you couldn't make it out there Order your candle right now From Sarah Candle Company The website C-E-R-A Candles.com. dot Sarah Promo code G-I-N-O For 10% off your purchase Big thanks to our friend Craig Mokowski from Timeform US. Uh, always love talking horse racing with Craig. You hear him a ton here on That's What G Said, and we love bringing him back. So hopefully uh, he'll uh, he'll be back here with us again, and we can you know talk about basketball. Fingers crossed because he's an OKC Thunder fan, and they've had, they've had a great year. One gentleman who's a big college basketball fan, and we were hoping to talk all about the college basketball tournaments as well as Turfway. But no college basketball to talk about. Uh, we we kind of we kind of mentioned how we're bummed that we that uh, we didn't get the chance to see some of our teams get an opportunity to play. But then we we do shift the uh, focus on over and uh, and get to the big race at Turfway. Caleb's out at Turfway covering the the races for TVG, and I've uh, known Caleb for quite some time. Really good handicapper. We talked the big uh, Turfway Jeff Ruby stakes, and we he gives us a, a horse that he likes. On the undercard also So enjoy this interview with Caleb Keller From TVG Very excited for our next guest Good friend of mine I've uh Known this man for a while worked with him back At TVG and one person It's funny when you meet people sometimes in uh, in Life and you just it, it Hit it off with them right away that's always how it was With, with uh, our next guest Caleb Keller I think one of the first times we hung out we were like Up at Emerald Downs we ended up staying up all night Like having a good time talking races Talking sports very excited to Have him on it's kind of a sad circumstances to bring you on, though, Caleb. We were, we were hoping we were going to get to talk all about conference tournaments and leading into the NCAA tournament and what's happened in the last, like, really 24 hours. It's, like, super surreal, isn't it?
3: No, I've been waiting how long for Indiana to win a Big Ten tournament game yeah. and to see if they yeah. can't advance on, and, uh, you know, the, the game's canceled tonight. But it, it's, it's really uh, starting to hit that this is something very serious. So uh, nobody's ever really been a part of this. I mean, I was asking my sister. I was like, what was the West Nile virus? Like you know, I remember that, and you know, I remember yeah. seeing like uh, mosquitoes and petri dishes and stuff, but it, it wasn't to this level. People wearing masks and, and sanitizer and toilet paper running out. So crazy times, and, and uh, sporting is going to take a hit.
0: Yeah, it's every it's everything. Um, it's all sports, but what so far we haven't really had any big racetracks completely canceled. What it looks like that's going to be happening in some tracks, like in California. Um, they've made statements that you're not supposed to have like 250 people at a gathering. So some of the tracks are going to be running now without any fans. But as far as you're, as far as you've heard, as of right now, it's like uh, four o'clock Eastern time on Thursday when we're recording this interview, and you're scheduled to go to to Turfway to cover this race, right?
3: Yeah, and as far as I know, we're still on. I, I did hear a rumor that there's a chance that they might follow suit with the fans. You know, our fans going to be able to be allowed in. I think that that would be. More of an opportunity than them actually canceling the race, I mean I think yeah. it's going to be tough to do, but you never know. I mean the way things are folding, one guy got sick in the NBA and all of a sudden the season got canceled for now, yeah. so uh, we're on standby
0: it, yeah that's what it's just it's such a weirdly fluid situation that is not like anything, and i don't think any of us can really pretend like we're experts on this on this. we don't really know even the experts they're just they don 't really know because they 've never seen anything like this and really dealt with this at, at this kind of a level so um I, I know one thing um we we're we're sports fans i don't claim to be a, a you know an expert on diseases or or anything like this i just i hope everybody's safe i hope this you know gets contained and everything you know gets better sooner than later because it's it's got to be such a bummer for for some of these players who you know Caleb, they've waited their whole lives for an opportunity to make it to the NCAA tournament. A lot of these players are, are you know, really good college players that'll never get to the pro and the, the pros, and they'll never make a ton of money playing in the NBA. And this was their NBA. This was their dream. So it just got to be like such a bummer. You you kind of set you know just a minute ago like Indiana's. Starting to play well you know my Trojans Were kind of on the bubble they had a really good end of the Season it looked like they were going to be in It's probably Like a, a nine seed or so Or so They beat UCLA they were good down the stretch It's just you know on, on a small scale It's really sad for you know the Players the teams everybody the fans Like just everybody in general is just A total bummer
3: yeah and I can think it's and he has two seniors Deron Davis and Devonte Green I mean They've been through a coaching change they have Not made the tournament I mean, Indiana's missed the last three tournaments, and here they are as a senior, and it kind of felt like all the bracketologists thought that even against Nebraska, who I think rolled out their football team last night, uh, even just beating them to get to win number 20 all but assured them a spot. So, I mean, they haven't officially canceled the NCAA tournament as of now, but uh, it seems like that's probably the next domino to fall, but I guess let's hope not.
0: Yeah, and uh, I kind of felt similar with USC. You know, like Jonah Matthews and Nick Rokosevich are are seniors. They've been here. They've won the most games in the history of USC, but they've been through some ups and downs. Like they've had a couple years where they were, you know, kind of like on the wrong side of, of the bubble. They had a uh, you know allegations to deal with. They've had some teams that were had these huge expectations that didn't play well, and it was like, oh wow, Jonah hits this great game winning shot. These guys like finally like feel like they maybe got a little bit lucky. You know, and and maybe a good way to kind of go out. And and not that they were going to win the NCAA tournament, but maybe you get in there and you win a game or two. You know, there's no reason why, you know, something like that couldn't happen. It's just, it's just such a. There's so many layers to this as, as it continues to trickle down, and uh, we won't we won't spend all the time harping on it because I know what what people want to hear us talk about is the races, and uh, and they want to hear us talk about some of the the hopefully uh, fun sporting events that we can wa- we, we still can watch and and uh, and that'll be safe for everyone to watch. And one of those is coming up, and it's a huge day at Turfway Park this weekend, Caleb. So you're you went back home right now, right? Because you're you're not your family's not too far away from Turfway.
3: Yeah, we're about about an hour and a half away and an hour from Keeneland uh, right here, just north of Louisville, but still in southern Indiana. But, uh, yeah, just got in yesterday. Going to spend a few uh, days with the family here, but uh, really focusing on the races and um, don't know if I'll be able to catch up with some friends there at Turfway, which I always look forward to if the fans uh, aren't allowed in. But this is the premier card of the year. Um, The field sizes are incredible. I mean, I look at the Jeff Ruby. They got a full boat of 12. uh, Pick four, pick five, those are bonanzas. Uh, And it's just one of those times where, you know, everybody really does – put in the emphasis it's not a standalone like it's been Gino in a couple of years past I mean they're up against the rebel this year so it'll have split attention they used to have a nice little position there before the Florida Derby where it was all about Turfway, but it'll still be a big handle and incredible uh sequences throughout
0: well let's uh let's before we get to the big race where we'll spend a few more minutes on um is there anything in the undercard that you've got your eye on maybe a, a horse or two for us to make a bet on or, or just to keep an eye on
3: you know i want to look at the race a little closer but there's one horse i've really been taken back by uh going back to the fall horse named Pass the plate for paul mcgee who you know she debuted philly by temple city um which by the way i saw that's where you're calling in from on our skype oh yeah uh, (laughs) so so this horse was a hundred something to one first out and came flying for third in what was the ultra key race at kentucky downs for the main special aids then she comes back at keeneland laps the field you got to watch that replay Gina, October 16th for uh, for pass the plate. I mean, she got a 69 buyer. It's the best-looking 69 buyer I've ever seen in my life. Then she came back and won a Churchill. There was a no pace. She came from dead last. This horse was showing, like, freaky potential. Well, then they go down to fairgrounds, try to get her on the Oaks Trail. Can't blame her for taking a shot. Sure, Ran okay, sixth, beating four lanes. And then they came back in, in the Chantal Lannery first stakes try. She made a huge middle move. It was kind of a badly timed race. But I've always thought pass the plate might really be something. Her top buyer was 74. In my mind doesn't really speak to to the talent she's given So they're not ready to come back to to turf just yet They want to take one more try on the synthetic And I'm interested to see what she can do uh, in the bourbon at Oaks with Drew.
0: Yeah, so we're talking about race number 10 Which is right before the, the big one um, And she's the number 5 past the play Yeah, she looks very nice on paper And for you replay watchers like me um, we'll, we'll have to take a look at that October race at Keeneland So uh, Caleb, let's get into the big one a race number 11 what's nice about this race is that you know it, it's it's a win and you're in for whoever wins this race they're going to get into the derby they'll have the, the points needed um from like a, a wagering standpoint toward the outside two horses look like they'll you know they'll probably lead some of the wagering with invader who's been really good in the two starts uh, at turfway and the local prep and then field pass who we've seen in in some pretty good races, uh, mainly on the grass with field pass. So you know, where do you start in this race? Like, who do you think the horse to beat is, and or you know, who who are like the top tier of horses in this one?
3: Well, you don't see many races where you got to fill the twelve, and the two favorites are the eleven and twelve. Yeah, right. yeah. For a really fun setup, it's kind of like a, a de facto handicap. I guess you would say Invader with the half million dollar price tag and the the local wins and the fast works and Westy Ward. I mean, I think he by a tiny margin, like the morning on Maker had invaders, the slight one to beat, but one prevailing trend, as I've had a chance to cover the Jeff Ruby for quite a few years now, I'm going to pull up the stat exactly, but there was seven or eight years in a row where the winner came from Florida and then blended citizen ended that, but only by a nose and had the, the result changed. Then it would have been like 10 years in a row where the winners come in from Florida. It, it happened last year again with some like a hot Brown. So it's really all about the Florida circuit. So you could say that the eleven is the one to beat, but, you know, field pass off of what was a tough trip coming up from Florida for Mike Maker, who's won this race plenty of times. You got champion jockey Ired Ortiz Jr. Maybe the 12 goes favored in the end.
0: And and then I think after him, a horse that, you know, a lot of people know is Finnick the fierce, the uh, the one the one-eyed Finnick the fierce, who comes in from Louisiana? You know what? He's got a really nice race at Churchill, uh, where he was behind Silver Prospector in front of Tis the Law when he was you know nearly ninety to one, and you know he he probably fits pretty well in this spot.
3: Well, he he's so honest. I mean, he's a really yeah. cool horse to follow, and he he fits the pattern of the dialed ends. You know, you think about Gunavera, drop back type uh, dialed in himself was a big closing kick horse. And, you know, it's pretty well documented that Finnick the Fierce has got one eye. You know, he's like Patch. I've seen a picture of him coming down the stretch in the La where he's kind of got his head cocked. But one, another trend, the two trends I've seen in the Jeff Ruby, number one, the horses from Florida have been dominating. And number two, the closers have been somewhat compromised. You know, other than Animal Kingdom, who in my mind is a standalone, he's the best horse to come through since the turn of the century. Mm. I can remember one time when they had Tamarando, who you're very familiar with, Gino. Tamarando come out, had a great form of California, yep. but he was a closer. He never got a call. Then mm-hmm. he hit the board. And then the following year, you had another California closer, Metaboss, who came in. And he also ran mid-pack. I think he was fifth uh, in the end. It's hard to get through the kickback. At Turfway, it's not like the Tapita at Golden Gate where it's a little friendlier, it's a little lighter. You don't see visually the kickback. You see the kickback at Turfway Park, and it's tough to get through. And for Finnick the Fierce, you know, he's already kind of got his head cocked with his one eye, trying it, trying his heart out every time on his horse, but he's really going to be up against it on Saturday, I think.
0: So after we get past uh, those three who I think would probably be, like, I guess, the top— Tier or uh, the most like known Horses in here and then we're going to have some Like more some up and comers we have uh, Maya Minoy who Was you know beaten by field pass But was only you know three quarters of a length out of it In a race where it was an eventful Race nonetheless as a lot of those uh, Grass races are with the close finishes and It just comes down to who gets the better trip in here Like who who is the the horse that that to, to you you're the most interested in Maybe from a betting standpoint or, uh, or, it, or is it to you one of the horses That we talked about do they look like a
3: standout Well I, When I see the two when I see an outside Speed presence in a big field I want to look for an inside horse that can finish Now I was you know invaders hard to, to not be impressed by um, But at the same time you know the John Battaglia That's the race that doesn't hold a lot of water yeah. the Ruby. Mm-hmm. You know those horses like last year the, the John Battaglia winner was I think second in the ruby and he was like 20 to 1 so this Bataglia winner might be the favorite. So, you know, class-wise, the 11's got something to prove. The 12, you know, you didn't really see that race coming. Uh, it tells me that he's come back big. And he, he waited a long time to get through. That was an impressive race. But, you know, when I see the outside speed press, I say, boy, who could close from the inside? And I took a closer look at this miami And I, I think that you could clearly say that Field Pass had the tougher trip. You know, maybe uh, miami had an outside flow and gave up a, a little bit of a wide trip to finish fourth. But what really got me onto the five was the race two back at Aqueduct. You know, he debuts at Saratoga against Structor. They completely backed down the pace. They almost went 51. And your Breeders' Cup juvenile turf winner is on the lead. So he really actually sprinted home with them at 20 to 1. He, he did not lose any ground to Structor. Uh, he stayed even with him and, and closed up. The race at Aqueduct was jumbo. Like, I get it. It's Aqueduct, those aren't strong fields. But there was a loose horse on the lead, and if you watch this horse grabbed a hold of the bit with Kensal down the backside, and Kensal was like wanting to hold him. He wanted to go, and he just ran over the the horses that were in position, including the front runner, and the front runner held second. So you know it could have been you know a, a big long shot to steal gate to wire on a slow speed, and he really turned up. And then now he gets third off the layoff. Danny Gargan to me is very um, very capable. I guess I like a couple Temple Cities. The thing with the five. Was when I first looked, I said, "Well, I can't take a closer." That's one of my one of my rules in the Jeff Ruby. But this race specifically, I think he showed in that race two back that he does have a little positional speed. I don't think I don't expect him to come from twelfth, eleventh, or tenth. I think they can they sure. can get him going into maybe six down the backside. And if the eleven and twelve see each other eye to eye and heat each other up a little bit, I think that the the Danny Gargan charge is the one that has the best best threat late.
0: So um, if I'm giving you. You know, a hundred bucks to play this race. Are you going to bet it to win on him? Are you going to spread it around and throw, uh, you know, some exotics in? Like, how would you approach uh, from a wagering standpoint?
3: Well, I don't think you need to get tied up in the win. In, I mean, when you're dealing with this big of a field, especially on on the synthetic. And the thing about the thing about the races at Turfway, from a day to day basis, you don't like when your pick makes sense.
2: Yeah. Right? First of all, I mean, they're not going to
3: be a very good price. And you know how the Turfway doesn't run to form. So I look at the five and I say, as my mom gets home from work. Hello. Nice. I'm talking to Gino here on the pod. Howdy, hey, Mrs. Gino. Uh, Hi, Mrs. Hi. It's Mama Kay. How are you? Hi.
0: I'm great. Nice to hear from you.
3: You too. It's been a little bit.
0: It has. We had to talk some Turfway with Caleb, So we uh, hope I they stay you. racing. Yeah. We got to hope they keep ca- fingers crossed. They don't cancel.
3: Yeah, and, and and like I'll, I'll tell you, Gino, like I told my mom, just a reminder all my friends back home are starting to ask the question, the Derby is the longest consecutive sporting event in America, right? There's been two World Wars, still ran it. There's been a couple major floods in Louisville. Like Louisville, as you know, gets a ton of rain, and there's been floods. So whether it be a World War times two, a Depression, and a f- couple floods, they've still run the horses around the That's the, the constant. So, That's the uh, constant. Let's, let's hope that doesn't change. Yeah.
0: We got to, we got to keep that running. So, um, yeah. So any, like, is there a bust out long shot or two that you would maybe try to hook up with this one or maybe a horse that you think could maybe complete things at a price?
3: You know, another price that I have in the race, continuing on the same trend of outside speed inside horse. that can finish if you look at the four unthrottled, that was a pretty nice win at at Fairgrounds yeah. two back, pocket um, pocketed up. It seems like a long way to go for a horse by the big beast. But the, the last out race for the four, I'm kind of just saying, look, that was a dirt race. They tried to put him close to the lead. Nobody wants to be wide at the fairgrounds, and he kind of paid the price. So the four comes up with dirty up form, but you get Lannery. You know Lannery loves saving ground and finishing. So I'm really looking at the five and four as the two key horses here. I, I have a ton of respect for the favorites, uh, 11 and 12, but the better bets seem like the four and five.
0: Yeah, build your, build your exotics around the, those two there. So, uh, Caleb... Before we let you go, le- like a little more Big picture, so far Last weekend we had three big prep races This weekend with Turfway Park And then with the Rebel coming up, there's two more And then next weekend, uh, Louisiana Derby, and, and then we're gonna and, and then we're basically into like the last round of the preps Now, so who out there Give us one or two that you're really interested In, that you, you know, that's high on your List, that you're, you know, you're you're Very curious in their next race, or you know who, Who's like top tier for Caleb in uh In some of these three year olds
3: Well, I would say that uh, Silver Prospector actually is the horse that's not getting a lot of love. Yeah. I feel like deserves it, right? I mean, it's been 15 years since the Grays won the Derby. You got to go back to Giacomo. And I really like Declaration of War because we saw Warfront pop last year with War Will and we saw it with Omaha Beach. Well, Declaration of War is is an extension of that branch. And Declaration of War, his mom was a half-sister to Union Rags. So he's always had this huge dirt pedigree. And Declaration of War himself, came over and ran that huge third in the Breeders' Cup uh, behind Mucho Macho Man and Will Take Charge. And this is out of a, a tappet mare. He's crossed up twice with a, with a brood mare. When you see a brood mare that shows up twice in the pedigree, you see sires that sh- show up twice. That's pretty common. When a top brood mare shows up a couple times with Silver Prospector, then then that's a really good sign. That means they're bo- uh, bred very potently. and. You know, the race in the Smarty Jones, he got too far back. It was a wet track. It was a conveyor belt. They were going to the first wire, and that fourth was just the get-over race. He completely got back on track. And his 97-buyer last out, uh, this is a, a real surprising stat, seven of the last 11 Derby winners, Gino, you know, have not had a 100-buyer. So if you get to 97, 98, 99 land, you're already in the conversation for the win. He,
0: he's handy. He's pretty versatile like he he was able to make his own trip last time and he looked like a winner all the way around what I like is he's run well at Churchill you know which is always a positive for a horse like going long at Churchill Downs I'm with you there I don't really have any knocks for him and he you know this the the rebel I, I just talked about the rebel uh, with uh, Craig milkowski we broke we broke that race down uh, a little bit and it's it's gonna be a good test. It's a race where he should be able to hit the board Like the way it, it shapes up on paper With, you know, Nadal from the inside, no parole He he could get a really nice trip In there, you know, not too far off Maybe even like a similar trip where he just kind of Saves some ground and and hopes that the the two Of them come back to him
3: Yeah, and, and you know, Nadal, uh, I want to keep An eye on him, and I, I've looked more at the Jeff Ruby than the Rebel, so I'm excited to look for that one Too, but thing with Nadal, a couple, couple of You know, when I see a horse that everybody loves I, I'm trying to find knocks on, on any Horse, you know, but with Nadal, the one thing that sticks out is, you know, i Anita to post the weights, right? Um, most horses are like, you know, 1050, 1100. That's about average. You're, if you're really light, like a coat of honor, you might be a tick under a thousand. If you're giant, like Justify, you know, you're 1200. doll weighed in 13, 1330 <laughs> in his first start, right? Massive. So, seriously. <laughs> and, and when I look at him, you know, he was huge first out, but, you know, he won the second start, but the buyer regressed a little bit. That, that's, that's never a good sign. The horse that he beat in second on that debut, um, the Peter Erden came back and had these A- works, ran like a disappointing fourth. And when I look at the Derby, sometimes the big horses, uh, Point Given, Skip Away, uh, even like Bellafina and the Oaks – uh, Dortmund, those big giant horses don't always love Churchill. So maneuvering, Nadal, it's tough yeah, to maneuver of sometimes. Him, I've also yeah. some reasons against.
0: Yeah, you're right. And I mean, he he's one that I'm very high on, and I'm watching. And you know, in like our little fantasy uh, league, I drafted him. He was one of my horses, so I'm I'm hoping he runs well. But I I I like the spot that he's in. Not even from a you know, I think he's going to jog at one to five standpoint. It's going to be a good test for him. Because he's down on the inside He's either going to have to shotgun and get in front Of the Louisiana like really Really fast Louisiana bred no parole Or he's going to have to try to learn how to Sit behind him and we'll see What kind of horse he is like you mentioned because Sometimes those big horses they have a Tough time when you grab a hold of them You know and you have to kind of you know, uh, you know, shift around a little bit So, you know, he, he's a horse That we've seen him do well when he's able to Kind of let run, but we'll see If he has to you know, have a different kind of trip How good he really is
3: Do we have time for a, for a Sleeper? Are they going to even do this in T.A. Tournament? It's even work? giving out my sleeper?
0: Please, yeah, absolutely
3: Yeah, I'm, let's see here uh, Selection Sunday, if it happens But the one team I've been really uh, excited for Going into the tourney is East Tennessee State
0: Nice.
3: This is a team that actually has been recruiting and getting in transfers pretty well the last couple of years. They've really raised up their talent level that I've seen. And this is the mold that I like for a, for a team that can really get going in the tournament is when they've played good competition early in the season. Like, even if they lost to good teams, at East Tennessee State, they got to go to Fog Allen, played Kansas. That was actually a two-possession game with, like, eight minutes to go. They had it down to six. Uh, and then they just completely whooped LSU. The box score was, what, 74 to 63. But I watched that game back. They were up 59-37. East Tennessee State was. They got guys that can shoot the, th- shoot the three. They got one of the best two-point field goal percentages in the country. And one of my favorite Ken Palm stats, it's a thing called Minutes Continuity, which is basically a way that they figure out how much has the team played together. And they're in the top 90 percentile for Minutes Continuity. So played together. They played top competition in the, in the fall. They beat LSU. They got the 12-game winning streak. They got hot shooting stats, so East Tennessee State, they've already made it in, and whoever they draw, I think I'm going to be taking a long look at them.
0: You're always uh, awesome with the sleepers when you come. I mean, you gave us Nevada a few years ago, which was an awesome one and, that, and they made a lot of people some money uh, and you're just one of my favorite people to talk college basketball with and follow and I'm just bummed that we don't have more uh, more to talk about. so I I appreciate that. Thank you for breaking down the the turfway race and hey man, it's been too long. like I gotta come down there one of these nights when you're when hopefully when racing's going and, and down at Los when you're working down there I'll bring a, I'll bring little Milo by to meet you and we'll uh, and we'll get some dinner or something afterwards.
3: Yes, I'm in love with the pictures. I like seeing him in his Lakers garb and that <laughs> at USC, but we got to make it happen.
0: Absolutely, buddy. Thank you. Tell, uh, tell Caitlin I said hello, and I really appreciate it. We'll have to have her come on and, and talk some races with, uh, with me sometime soon. We'll, uh, we'll have her on for like when there's big international stuff. She can be one of my uh, correspondents for that. How's that sound?
3: For sure, and I'll be looking forward to you and Jonathan on the podcast That's going to be great
0: Oh yeah, we're going to do some weekly segments Uh, We'll break down some races, have some interviews, all sorts of fun stuff So thanks a lot, buddy, I really appreciate it And uh, I'll have to get you back on before the derby So we can get your your overall thoughts on everyone going into the big weekend
3: Yes, we'll be talking again
0: Okay, that's Caleb Keller, you all know him from TVG Good friend of mine And uh, you can follow him along on Twitter CalebTVG Uh, We'll be back in just a second One of the sponsors of That's What G Said podcast is Cindy Carava, full service realtor, and I am here over in Glendora at Coldwell Banker with Cindy Carava. Cindy, how was 2019 for you? Tell us uh, a little bit about what uh, what kind of stuff you were working on.
2: Hi, Gino. Thanks for having me. Uh, 2019 was just really great. Uh, I had a great year uh, selling homes all the way from Altadena, Arcadia, Monrovia out to Upland and Ontario just recently. Um, the market has, has been uh, really good. Um, we're looking forward to 2020 with an increase in home prices about 5.8% this year, opposed to last year where it was a little softer. We saw uh, more like homes averaging about 3.5% in increase in value. Um, it's also looking great for buyers. Uh, the interest rates right now are gonna be staying under 4%, so if you are been on the fence about thinking about buying a home,
0: And you're all over the internet, social media, websites. Let us know some of the places where we can find you. I know I've seen some reviews on Yelp and on Zillow. Everyone always has positive things to say. Everybody hears me raving about you all the time. But where can uh, everyone else find out information about you or contact?
2: Thank you, Gino. Yeah, I am on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, And uh, you can contact me on my website, which is com or my email, which is cindyc.realtor at gmail.com, or feel free to call or text me on my cell phone, which is 626-394-6400.
0: Cindy is awesome. She's one of the kindest and most genuine people I've ever met. I promise you, you will enjoy every minute you interact with her. So thank you very much, Cindy. Uh, Appreciate all of your support from That's What She Said podcast.
2: Thank you, Gino. Have a great day, everyone.
0: and Caleb doing a great job like always talking some turfway park best of luck to Caleb hope he has a, a great week out there visiting uh, with the family and you heard uh Caleb's mom in the background checking in saying hello always a fun conversation with Caleb let's get to some Sam Houston let's close this show out uh, won't be one of those marathon shows but next week we will uh We'll find plenty of things to talk about if there aren't any sports. We have plenty of races. We'll talk about some of the uh, the good TV shows that we're watching. We'll uh, kind of get a consensus of uh, some shows that other people out there are watching and interested in, and we'll we'll go through. Have been better call Saul, right? You, you into that? I've been checking out the new uh, Zoe's uh, playlist on uh, was it NBC. Been, been to that we just we watched it on hulu the day after and uh superstore brooklyn 99 plenty of good stuff out there you've been watching the outsider Any new knew uh, a curb did you watch the last season so we can get back into some tv we haven't discussed a whole lot of a uh, tv and pop culture uh, as of late so sam houston let's do it let's go friday and saturday um y- you know what Here, Here's what I will do. Also, I didn't mention these earlier, but uh, at Oaklawn when we were talking with Craig, just uh, for the purposes of, of wagering, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm, you know, I don't really have the strongest opinion in either of the races this weekend. For me, they're not like massive betting races. I'll kind of, if, 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 if turf Turfway, if I had to to make a a selection in there, I would go with Finnick the Fierce, and at Oaklawn Park. If you know, in the Rebel, to me that's more of just a watch race. Like I'm very high on Nadal, but I do think he's in uh, it's gonna he's gonna have to work. You know, I like Nadal, I like Basin both, but I don't know if it's gonna be it's the right time for either of them to necessarily win that race. Silver Prospect or like looks like he's in a good spot, but I don't know if he's gonna be the best down the line. So you know, no real strong opinion there. I do think Street Band's gonna run really well. Uh, in race number 9 at Oakland Park on Saturday And then in race number 8 I actually uh, like Night Ops Also in there So maybe a couple horses to uh, to keep an eye on in Oakland If you're playing some of the multi-race exotics Let's get over to Sam Houston Get your past performances out For Friday, Sam Houston March the 13th Sam Houston has announced They will be one of the racetracks that will uh, be running without the, the spectators, but they will continue with the live racing as of, you know, when we're recording this. I I was just trying to, you know, everything's such a fluid situation and everything's kind of, you know, been been moving and things changing last minute. I was just trying to wait as long as possible to record this because didn't didn't know and um, wanted to make sure that we were going to have races to, to talk about. So glad we do. And we will get into race number two at Sam Houston. Friday night, which starts the late pick four sequence there, and I'm gonna start with, you know, the three is the one to beat, obviously. Who's gonna go second off the bench? Comes off of a, a good third that was on the grass. Now moves to the dirt, faced, you know, tons better. I think the five is is interesting. He completely missed the break. And she just had no shot. Now she's back to the dirt. She's going to go second off the short layoff. Second time for the new barn. She's getting big class relief. Also in here, let's put the five on top of the three. The six, Rose LaRue, also uh, makes some sense in here. So five, three, six. I'll, I'll play them in that order. And we'll play some win money on the five fast down the lane if we can get like nine to two on that one. Race number three at Sam Houston. 25 non-twos, we want a mile on the turf course uh, Let's go, I, I like the 5 and 6 Here the most, uh, we'll put the 6 on top You know, just because we'll get probably a better price in here Let's go back to that November 30th race It was pretty good, Source hopped at the start And then was squeezed back uh, Was 7 off, was up on the heels And uh, She she wanted to go You know, she had some, some energy, but she was at the back of the pack And she just kind of got stopped And, and she wasn't going to win But she would have been a lot closer and on the November 30th race And then came back And just didn't have a very good start And just never got into it Now adds the blinkers And I think this is a good spot for Moe's ride the, two, uh, the five hot fudge Louis Showed some good speed But a couple others flashed some speed So uh, he had a battle from the inside He was in tight He checked, he backed up a couple lengths He lost all momentum And then he came on again Now he puts a couple starts together um, It looks like he's Probably going to be the one to catch Should be loose on the front end How far will he take them I think he's, he's tough to exclude because of that weapon It looks like he's got the the, the big speed in here And then the two commanding candy Will will try to come and get him late and, and pick up some pieces So I have six five two in here I'm okay with playing against uh, Silent Force Who I think you know wants to be right on the lead But I don't think he's going to get it in here Because it looks like Hot Fudge Louie is a little quicker So let's go 6 5 two in here uh, with uh, Hot Fudge Louie Moe's Ride Commanding Candy, but 6-5 we'll use really in all exotics let's go to race number 4 and we will use the 5 Devil's Demise this you know, this isn't the strongest race and I'm a, and let's play against World in here, who's the heavy favorite, who, you know, was a four hundred thousand dollar purchase and is now in for five thousand and continues to drop and just has not really shown anything. The first start off the bench on, on January the twenty second, which was you know the fourth start of his career, and in the first couple starts he'd showed some ability and then you could have excused the grass race. You could again excuse the grass race, but then came back at Oaklawn and just didn't look very good at all. I just, I don't want to use him at a very short price And if he beats me at a very short price He beats me I just, I don't I don't enjoy playing these type of horses Who were purchased for so much more And drop in uh, for like this for, you know a, a same, The same barn, even um. Let's go to the Five Devils Demise Inside, ran up onto the heels of Arrival Had to steady, had to back up Got going nicely, but got backed up into Had to angle out and around And was really not far out of second I thought it was a good effort and I'm gonna, you know, place him on top in here and you know, I would I would be okay even in, in some of the early exotics if you wanted to to give a look at at singling this horse. Um the seven Donna's council is a, a little bit better than looks, didn't have a, a smooth trip from the inside, and the three auto parts who was involved early but really couldn't get away from the really couldn't get to the top two and they kind of you know snuck away i think you're gonna get a big jock switch in here though and you're gonna go second start off the long long layoff expect some improvement from auto parts so five seven three in race number four will take a shot against world in here who will probably just take a ton of money on the the major class relief In race number five, we're going to go with the two Zabeka. You know, the the two inside horses I like in here, but the June 18th race when Zabeka and Eskandar faced each other, uh, Zabeka had that race where. Remember, she re-rallied from three lengths back after battling from the start. Came back uh, to win after that. I think she's just in in really nice form. Uh, Eskandar was impressive in the win. She looked done at the top of the lane, but she rebid and and she held off uh, a, a a few challenges. One of them, including uh, a late. So I, I I'm I'm on the two inside horses the most in here. Uh, then you look to the six Cha Cha. For uh, Moquette with Cabrera jumping aboard, hasn't seen we haven't seen this one since the uh, the indie race, but uh, just on the connections alone, the the debut win was was really good, and then kind of in, in a couple of tough spots after that. And the four horse would be the next one. Blinkers come off for you know cherished, and you don't really have to be uh, talked into this one too much. It was a a recent runner up. Over at Oakland Park. So, uh, two one six four in race number five in race number six um won't, won't get too cute in here the one uh, if you're gonna play late pick five i think the one would be the single and, and so if you don't want to play late pick five because this is going to be a, a really heavy favorite then maybe you just play the late pick four remember they're all low takeouts this course was in between was pressing was a was a length off and then pushed through up the challenge it was a clear-cut second behind Zebecca. we just talked about how we like Zebecca coming right back and she's had a month off and she just really seems like she kind of towers over this field. Um you know you, you could make um, like Neon Dreams was behind her was a, a couple lengths behind her and, and sure she she has a couple good good races but if Miss Ledge shows any improvement whatsoever in here you're going to get the cut back a full furlong. She has some speed from the inside. I guess that could be the uh, the negative if maybe the rail um, if, you know, like twirling diamond shows a lot of speed and, and she doesn't break well and misled gets stuck in a bad spot. But if she breaks alertly, she should probably be, uh, you know, able to kind of show the way from the inside. So she's going to be really tough in here. I won't try to uh, get too cute. If you're going to play late pick five, I would say just single her. And if you do so, then you can, you know, afford to go you know, a little deeper in each of the other legs if you'd like. Or you just play a, a late pick four. We'll give you a, a couple uh, different different uh, options at the end race number seven I like the four Miss Aunt my aunt Mims she you know she had a bad start in her turf debut last time out and she was you know she was forced to back out of a a very tight spot she lost a few lengths and she was stuck inside and then she was in between horses and then she was back to last and she was waiting she angled outside six wide she closed really well. She just missed second. She ended up being fourth that day. Um, she has every right to improve you know, in making just her second start on the grass now. Uh, I like her a lot. She doesn't have to be so far back. She did get into some legit trouble. She has a little bit more uh, tactical speed. Than she showed it. Then she was able to show in that last start. Not that she didn't want to. She was just, you know, a little bit unlucky. It was you know bad racing luck. So let's give the four horse top billing in here. We'll use the eight breeze rider who looks like the one to catch the nine Valentine's Day. Who she was a little bit flat late. She just might have needed the race, and um, you know I think she should probably be involved uh, throughout. So I just like my mims a little bit better out of that same race. So let's go up four, eight nine here in race number seven lady Gwen i don't i don't have really any knocks on her you can uh, include her if you if you want to go a, a little bit deeper the, the 10 in some of your exotics but um, she has some speed in here i think there is a, a little bit of other speed so um, I'm not sure if if she's gonna be able to kind of sit the type trip she was able to sit in her last start she might get hooked a, a little bit wide so let's go four eight nine here in race number seven, and we'll make a, a a win wager on my aunt Mims if we can get anything, you know, maybe uh, above like eight to one or so. In race number eight, the the two just smoking beat just really didn't seem to be getting over the racetrack uh, on, on, in the slop, and now he's gonna cut back. He should be flying late. I think if you put a line through the uh, the last effort, you would definitely give him a play. He got a ton of money last time out. A ton of money in his last couple of starts, so let's give the two smoking B A a look in here. Um, the seven, the remainder. I think we know we're gonna. We're he's gonna be early. He looks like maybe the speed of the speed and should be forwardly placed in a race that just doesn't seem to be screaming. Uh, a race that's that's gonna have a lot of speed early on, and then the one a Buffon should be very tough. Like he has the opportunity to sit. He's drawn to the outside, so that'll give him some options, and he will probably be pushing. Uh, the remainder in here or not too far behind so um I, I think the two could get the the trip if, if those two end up hooking up a little bit and uh, if, if one of the two decides to take back and the other can sneak away they could be tough let's go two seven one a those are the three we'll use in race number eight in the ninth I'm gonna go to the number eight tommy trucker who will now stretch out? And she's been her own worst enemy. Uh, she just has been like bad at the start. She's had slow starts. She's just not gotten out of the gate well. Now at least she's going to stretch out, and she should have the opportunity. To kind of settle, relax a little bit And maybe those gate antics won't really hurt her As much in here So let's go with the 8, Tommy Trucker We'll use the 7, Boundless Joy The 9, City Gone Country And the 5, Akuna Matata And some of the other exotics But we can put the 8, Tommy Trucker On top as a, hopefully a, a nice price To get home in some of the late exotics And then in race number 10 Let's go to the 2, Run to Fame They're going to go 5 Furlongs on the turf in here he was able to work his way up to to press, and then he took a length lead before tiring late. It was a really nice effort. And that was against Maiden Specials. Now you're going to drop in against Maiden 50s in here. Uh, I think Run to Fame makes a lot of sense for a horse who has some speed and I, I think can press just off if he's going to have to do so. The 5 Jaeger on the rocks I think is going to be really tough in here. I, I liked his effort last time out. I like the fact that you know he seems like he's drawn towards the, uh, the outside of some of the speed. Cowboy Ridge on the cutback might just have a little more bottom than some of these, and then as a, a price play in here, Red Eclipse has some uh, some decent sprint races on the grass to go back to and to call back to, and might be getting back into you know a, a better fitness level with a couple races under his belt. So let's use uh, the two on top: two, five, nine, ten in race number ten. So let's go through some of the exotics here for Friday. March the 13th. In race number two, we'll play a uh, an early pick four. A couple different approaches for you. The first one will have a single. It'll be three five six in race two with uh, the two five six, single the five, and then one two four six. Second pick four, uh, we'll go three five with five six, three five seven with one two. Couple of affordable pick four tickets there. One has a single, the other. Uh, we'll use a couple others, uh, kind of a couple backup tickets that you can play off of each other, and that way, uh, if you don't want a single, or you, you know, you, or if you do want a single, maybe you can you can get them both home. In race number six, you can play a pick five if you want to single that favorite of the one. Uh, if you do, then you can you know then you can afford to go a little deeper and hope for you know some prices there. You can go something like four eight nine with one two seven with five six seven eight nine with two five nine ten and you know, if you're playing pick fours, you probably want to, uh, you know, reformulate your tickets a little bit because you don't want to be, you know, playing quite as big, or you know, maybe you play them a little different. You can punch them multiple times. I would uh, approach the pick fours in the seventh race, something like this: four eight nine with one two seven with seven eight with two five nine ten, and then I play another one with four eight nine with one two seven with five six seven eight nine. With 2-5. That is Friday at Sam Houston. Now uh, get your past performances out so we can go through Saturday. So March the 14th for Saturday. We will start with race number one. Nine race card on Saturday. In the opener, I'm going to look to the... The six horse eyes on red Who was battling from the two path Who put away the other speed Who opened up two That was going seven furlongs Now you get the cut back to six I think you're going to go third off the short little break You have the opportunity to sit To show a little speed A a horse who's shown that that, uh, he can pass a little bit The five I'm a real deal Will also be using in the exotics Who uh, comes out of a a much tougher race Was behind uh, a next out winner And that was just way way better and i'm a real deal the two back race was good defeated moro appeal that day so let's use the 6 to 5 and then you know in an early pick 3 i'd also probably include the 3 final exam who comes running late and you know keep keep an eye on the price if you can get you know over 7 to 2 i might be uh, willing to to bet eyes on red to win and we'll we'll play pick 3s with 3 5 and 6 in here your pick 4 will start in race number 2 And I like the two, Rock-Tis-Way, who's going to go third start off the long layoff. You're going to cut back. You're going to go back to the dirt. You're going to drop in class. And you have a lightly raced Gelding who has some upside in here. The two, Rock-Tis-Way. The six horse we will include in some of the exotics. Commander McDivitt, who's really drawn well for the cutback, has some speed. And now cutting back after going a mile. Could be tough to pass if he's sitting in a good spot The three horse um, Was slow away Was last, was seven off uh, Moved through on the inside, then in between You know, it it wasn't bad You know, the problem with him him, He just, he burns a lot of money So I like others more in here He's not going to be a shock So he's going to be one to include in, in some of your exotics I'm not completely against him But with his running style you know, it, it should be a little bit. It should be like a perfect fit for seven furlongs. Unfortunately, but it, he does still have to get the kind of trip that he needs. And I think you know, rocked his way will sit a little bit closer. Commander McDivitt will probably be even you know closer than that. So hopefully, they they can kind of get the jump on a horse like that. And even Rambling Fever, who's going to be coming from way out of it, and is going to have to try to navigate the rail. So you know, the one and the three are the deep closers. I'll I'll hope that the the two horses that I think can sit in front of them will uh will, can kind of. Get, gain the separation needed and, and, and get the advantage in here So 2-6-3-1 And we will play some win money If we can get like, over 5-1 to one or so on, on Rocked His Way In the third The 5 horse, you know, startling he, he had some trouble He was asked for speed He got to battle for the lead But he was inside and, and then he he had some pressure from the outside, and then all of a sudden he got steadied real bad. He got shuffled. He should be close up. There's really not a ton of speed in here. Uh, I think uncorked humor, you know, has a little bit of speed. Um, Fox run, you know, maybe you'll get a little bit of speed from. Uh, you know, I I'm not sure if so tail it has shown some in the past, but came from off the pace and and, and you know was. Was good doing that last time out So that one might, might end up sitting So I think that that's going to end up working out well For the 5 Starling in here uh, we'll, we'll include the 1 inclusively I just don't love the rail for him he, he had a brutal start He hopped, he was dead last, he was 10 off And then he got into a good stride, he was making up ground But he You know He had to uh, to Wait, and they had to look for room When he was traveling best It was actually kind of sneaky trouble He's just he's been he's he was unlucky and now I think drawing the rails a little bit unlucky and at five furlongs it just might be a little short for him. He is oh you know, for his last eleven. The three fits well in here for the new barn. He hasn't raced since December, but uh, that, that's kind of the only reason why I have him maybe a little below the other the the, the top tier in here where, where I have the five, then the one, the three, and then. A, the four uncorked humor makes a lot of sense The six, you know, all business So, you know, pretty logical in here But I'll, I'll use the five on top of them uh, The one with them, the three underneath The four, and then the six tail wouldn't shock me He just can't use all the logicals in here um, Hopefully they can, you know I, This might just be a little short For uh, for him I think he's, he might be a little bit better uh, Going longer So We move to race number four. I don't see a ton of speed in here. I think Funky Justice, who has a quick first who had a quick first step and then was back, was three off, was mid pack, made a big three wide bid, up to challenge for the lead before flattening out. And now he's drawn to the inside with a good break. She, I keep saying he, with a good break, she could be right on the lead. The number 3 lovely lady Very logical favorite on the big big drop in class But you know she's another one of those Who you purchase for 225000 And you're in for $7,500 um, It doesn't always work out But hate seeing that just a few starts in Not necessarily a, a major positive sign But she really uh, This does look a lot better than, than most in here The The 6 was close up Was down on the inside Was you know in tight a little bit it was not bad Got um Backed up, but did did have a little bit of trouble and was in when a tight spot. That's Mysteries of Life. The Seven Wits Data Link gets a little more distance in here, and uh, she should be running late. I kind of have I have two three seven. Wouldn't talk you off the six, but I feel like two three for me, and and two will be a horse we place a so win money on if we can get like six to one or so. Let's go to the fifth race. This is to me just a really weird race. Uh, You have a lot of horses in here that have just no turf experience. Nobody's run well on the turf at all. The only horse who's done anything on the grass is the four incident solutions. And by anything, I mean just showed a little bit of speed. Um, So you're projecting a lot in here. I like the fact that Asmussen claims airline drive and then steps up, immediately goes to a Texas red race going long on the grass. This filly has two winning turf siblings. You look at the three. Who's done the best of the horses that have run in here? She stretches back out. She tries the turf for the first time. The four infinite solution mentions uh, she's has at least been on the grass and flashed a little speed and takes the blinkers off in here. The five too much sun. Her dam won on the turf. The six queen arcana first time starter. Her dam was a three time winner on the turf, um, all going long on the turf. Uh, the 7 on his Lingerie Four siblings to race Three of them tried on the grass One of them won So you know there's some things to like in here um, I would be okay with like You know on a spread ticket Trying to include all the ones that I mentioned and Maybe uh, on a different one Just use the, the two that we mentioned up top Like the 3 and the 10 Who you know I think Airline Drive would, would be the one I'm the most interested in But no, not a race I love The 6th race And I gotta be honest I don't love Uh, From like here, the rest of the card out. And what I mean when I don't love it is just every, there's nothing that outside of the box to me. If there are races where it's just like, oh, one, it's going to be one of the top two or three betting choices, or they all look pretty tough, or I have a tough time, you know, like tossing them out of the exotics, it's just not races that are really worth playing. You always have to have. For me, at least, I'm always looking for a couple of prices because if you're not playing with the opportunity to at least win that much back, you're going to be playing a lot of tickets where you're already you're just in bad shape. Things have to go so perfectly well for you to make a score that it's it's just sometimes probably not worth playing that way. So I try to uh, you know like look at how you're going to approach the sequences too. And so these last few races I I don't love. We will. You know, look at the two and the four in race number six. Obviously, as a, like the top here, I do th- I did think the four, Trace Chief Lottos, who had the lead mid-stretch before fading, and has every right to just be better today. Uh, the two wallowitz had a good start, and you'd have to imagine that he's going to be uh, sharper too, and 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 has the uh, you know on the drop, he's going to be really tough in in here. So. Uh, the the one with the blinkers on, another one dropping in class, putting a couple starts together. You have a uh, you know top notch connections here with Calhoun and with Parker, and in the three Rancho Bargo who comes in from Fairgrounds and gets some class relief. So to me it's the it's the inside four horses. I have the two and the four on top of, of the the three and the one. So again you know nothing too too cute or too too crazy in here. The the seventh race. You know, maybe we can get a a price in here. I'm I'm fine with taking um stands in some of your late exotics against young Philip. The fact that he's drawn down on the inside and there's going to be a lot of other speed in here. And then I think there are a couple legit, at least legit quick horses like the 3 Geo Science. You're going to get some speed from LeBron J who I'm I'm hoping he can actually sit a little bit and then Pure Speculation who's drawn towards the outside and hopefully he can, you know, And at least put a lot of pressure on young Phillip in here And I like pure speculation the most If you just toss that turf race Last time out Looks like he's the outside of the speed And hopefully he can kind of press Just like that uh, November 7th race At Churchill Where he was good uh, A really nice second that day Let's use the 7 to pure speculation On top of the number 5 Moonshiner Boy Who you know, if they go quick enough, like let's say the one young Phillip is battling with a three, is battling with the six, is battling with the seven, they're all flashing some speed, that's gonna set up nicely for a horse like Moonshiner Boy, who cuts back from six and a half furlongs, has enough positional speed to not get out running here, but he's not as quick as some of the others, and that actually should should benefit him in a spot like this. So let's use the five in the second spot, so maybe we can and, and in most exotics, like seven, five, six, and then One underneath but willing to take uh, Swings against young Phillip Race number 8 let's go with the 2 Alternate time on the stretch Out I think uh, trying the grass You know put a line through the springboard mile race He could be really tough in here He could just run and hide from this field And we'll use alternate time And we will single him in uh, A late pick 4 in one of the 2 The 8 looks like the other One Cairo King You know he's not really done a whole lot um wrong on the grass. The last race was a little bit better than it looks also and you know in comparison to this group that's probably a, a a very like lateral move or maybe even a tougher group that he was facing last time out. The 5 Valiant Defender and the 1 Clever Union, I thought have both run pretty well on the grass. A Valiant Defender might actually have the best turf form. His numbers just might be a little bit low, but he ran you no know, decent in a couple of stakes races against big fields, and and then clever union really can't knock what he did on the grass. So two eight five one, but we'll single the two in some of the late exotics. The two horse in race number nine will be our top selection. Also whiskey factor, just you know toss the the most recent race, and uh, you know look at the debut. And then you get a seven and a half furlong race on the grass, so I'm not too concerned about the distance of seven furlongs. I wish I had, an, had one more race under the belt before this one, but I think he fits nicely in here. So let's use Whiskey Factor in all of our late exotics. The eight, Mark Saint. He was a little bit wide under the turn. He was three deep. He was fifth. He was four off. He got going and he moved up into second. He, um, you know, was was right in contention before tiring. And now the slight cutback and the drop in class with the race under his belt. Mark Saint will be on the exotics. The three Magic Michael, just a repeat of that Churchill race would would you know be very very tough against this group. And then the four just as Joel. So two eight three four. Let's go through some of the exotics. You could tell I like Friday better than than. Uh, than Saturday. Just from uh, I feel like I have some opportunities for some fr- uh, some prices on Friday. So for Saturday, let's play an early pick three in race number one, three five six with one two three six with one five. In race number two, we'll play a pick four. Uh, the first one will be two three six with one three four five six with two three with three ten, and then the next one one, uh, one two three six. We're gonna single the five with two three seven with three four five six seven ten. Sixth race, let's play some pick fours, e, the, the two and the four, with the five, six, seven, with one, two, five, eight, with two, three, four, eight, and then another pick four, one, two, three, four, with five, six, seven, with two, with two, three, four, eight, just a couple that uh, we really like in there earlier in the card, second race, the number two, uh, rocked his way, and then in, in the fourth race, the number two, funky justice, Thank you, everyone. Stay safe out there. Hope you all have a good one. Uh, let me know who you're playing in some of the races this weekend. Always love hearing from you. And we'll be back next week. Whatever goes, whatever happens, we'll be uh, recording a, a couple shows, talking some races, whatever you know, whatever's going on out there. We'll we'll talk about it, and uh, hopefully things all start to go uh, turn for the better here. So, thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said. Joey, take it away, my friend.